0: Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Karin Ninja podcast. This podcast is where I share people's incredible stories of recovery, weight loss, just amazing transformation after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. These people have overcome heart disease, type 2 diabetes, multiple sclerosis, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, rheumatoid arthritis. Just so much. They've lost thousands and thousands of, well, thousands and thousands. That might be extreme. Between everyone on the show who's had a weight loss story, there's probably over a thousand pounds lost. There is just so much hope in these stories every single week. People bear their souls, share their most darkest moments of their lives pour out their hearts to me and then to you. And I'm so, so grateful for every single guest who has come on, um, doctors, experts, nutritionists, dietitians. We've had so many wonderful guests and we're heading into 2000 and well, this episode, it might be 2019. We're starting 2019. I'm recording it in 2018. With such a So many great guests and such great stories, and today's story is no different. Today's story, I'm very excited about every single guest that comes on the show, and I'm very excited about this guest. So make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. It comes at two days a week now, Monday slash Tuesday, except for this the Christmas episodes, which were a day late, and Thursday slash Friday, and I wanted to do that so that people had – Another episode coming out to help motivate and inspire them to be better, to maintain this change, to keep going, moving forward in a whole food plant-based way of eating and lifestyle to transform their health, lose weight, feel amazing, like the guests that have been on this show before. So there's two episodes and they're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher app for Android. You can subscribe. Subscribe. Obviously, if you want to help support this podcast to reach more people, I would love it if you could leave a five-star rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And I just wanted to read two. Now, I'm going to run out of them soon because I've been reading them each week and there's only a finite amount. So if you're wanting to help me out so I have more and more amazing reviews to read, head over to Apple Podcasts and follow the prompts to leave a review. That would be amazing. Or Stitcher app or don't know if you can leave a review on Spotify. But, yes, it would be great if you could or you can do it on Facebook. That would be amazing. My Facebook page, Corinne Nidra Facebook page. If you haven't yet joined the Plant-Based and Thriving Facebook group of mine, I'd love to see you over there for more recipes, information, ideas, videos, just fun stuff over there. I'm just going to read out two reviews now before we begin with today's guest, which I'm super excited about. So the first one is from Vegetal, Vegetaline, Vegetaline, 2nd of July 2018. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your username. And it says, a mine of information and in dot, dot, dot don't know what the title says and I don't know how to find out because I'm pressing and nothing's happening but it's five stars thank you so much for those five stars because every rating and review means that this podcast goes higher in the search ranking and more people can find it easy and it's just I'm not tech savvy at all but I know it helps (laughs) so please I want this podcast and these stories of hope to reach as many people as possible around the world so every piece of support that you have time to do or sharing with your family and friends on social media really, really helps. And I am so, so, so grateful to all of you for doing that. So this review from Vegetalian says, every episode so far has been a mine of accessible nutrition information and wisdom and a source of fantastic practical information. Corinne has a lovely natural manner and her authenticity shines through. She has had a powerful recovery herself and puts her heart and soul into helping others by spreading knowledge about the benefits of a whole food plant-based, sorry, of whole food plant-based nutrition. I particularly love the interviews with experts as it adds so much to my knowledge base, but the testimonial episodes are wonderful and inspiring too. Thank you so much, Vegetalian, vegetarian, <laughs> for that. I am so grateful. Thank you so much for taking the time to write that review And the next one is from Harry's Girl, 16th of June, 2018, and it's titled Inspiring and Motivating, five stars. Great guests, both inspiring and informative. I've learned so much. I decided to try the whole food plant-based way of eating because of this podcast, and it keeps me motivated. I love the way Corinne is so honest about her story and how she turned her life around. I've put a lot of people onto this podcast and can't recommend it highly enough. Harry's Girl, you have made my day. Often I think I'm in an echo chamber, and I did read this at the time it came out, but reading it again has made my day again because, you know, you often think that people who are listening are already on the whole food plant-based journey, that they already know this and they're just being re-inspired to stick to a whole food plant-based diet because of the episodes and the stories on this on this show. So hearing that this podcast is why you decided to go plant-based is so, so exciting for me. So thank you. I'm very, very grateful that you mentioned that, that you made this review because knowing that it's helping non-whole food plant-based people to go whole food plant-based is so, so awesome for me and makes my heart just explode with happiness. So thank you so much. Now, before I have to go, so I have to get onto this. On to Josh, Josh Lajonni. Josh Lejani is, if you don't know him, follow him on social media. You can, definitely should read his book, Sick to Fit. It's free on Kindle to download and read. It's so good. It's his book with Howard Jacobson. It is so good. Definitely worth reading. And um, also join their Sick to Fit Facebook group. And it's totally... Totally awesome Facebook group, so definitely worth joining. They're so inspiring, so motivating. And if you need coaching support, they have a great website which will be an app soon, and that is called WellStartHealth.com. So head to WellStartHealth.com to learn more, hear more from Josh, to get some help and support if you need it. Uh, It's well worth it. I think it will be fabulous, and it's looking to grow even more with. know more and more coaching support and more and more people to help you on your path to healing and feeling amazing. So definitely head to wellstarthealth.com, read Fit to Sick, join the Fit to Sick group, follow Josh Lajani on social media everywhere. Instagram is his place. So head there as well, but everywhere obviously else he's there. And I'm so excited to share Josh's story or for him to share his story today because I've been following him for a while and I've read his book and, while well, I'm reading his book at the moment, and it's just so inspiring. And I think he's got so much great energy is the word I'm looking for. His energy is just <laughs> overflowing and, and his passion for this way of eating and living and for fitness and health and the whole thing, like he talks about in his tips, at the end, you know, it, it isn't just about one piece. It's about so many different pieces, but it's also not about perfection. It's about measuring, you know, the wins and losses and hoping to get more wins on the board than than losses. And I think that when we focus on, as he says, majoring in the minors, so focusing on all the times we fail rather than focusing on all the times we win every day, every meal, you know, every moment we exercise, every moment we make a better choice for our health, Rather than focusing on those times when we make a mistake, we muck up, we eat the wrong food, we don't exercise for a day. Rather than focusing on them, focusing on all the many, many wins because there are pretty much always, for most of us, more, especially on your health journey. So I love hearing Josh's story and this is a story about him going from being 420 pound you know, hunter, fisher, football, American football player, dr- big drinker living in Louisiana, well, South Louisiana, you know, big fit <laughs> athlete, well, not big fit, a bit overweight athlete to this now ultra marathon, ultra running, incredibly fit, whole food plant based advocate, promoter. Inspirer, you know, he's just so, so fabulous and giving of his time. And I was so grateful to have him on the show. Absolutely a pleasure to speak to him today and hear his story. And I'm so looking forward to sharing it with you because I know that so many people will resonate with his story and will be inspired by the many, many, many just great points and tips and pieces of what he shared today in this episode so enjoy let me know in the comments or on the post on social media where you found this like what did you take away because i took away so much what were the key takeaways from josh's story for you um i'd love to hear and i'm sure josh would love to hear as well so thank you so much josh thank you all for listening i really hope that you enjoy josh's episode bye Hello Josh and welcome to the show.
1: Hello, how's it going?
0: Good, it's good. I'm glad I'm sad and glad Christmas is over because it's was such a big build-up and I've got little kids and I was so excited and but now I'm feeling sleepy and content.
1: Yes. Everything came to a head sort of a crescendo yesterday with my family. We got one little one, my little sister's kid, and so everybody like you know enjoys christmas presents vicariously through him and so it was just overwhelming yesterday watching him have fun and play with all his toys and his four-wheelers and we had a wonderful meal and then it's like boom it's all over (laughs) so
0: (laughs) i know it goes so quick all that work and you're like blip, it's done yeah. Well, thank you again. Now, obviously, I've given a little bit of an introduction, but if you just want to launch into your story and tell us all about your journey, we'd all love to hear it.
1: Yeah, sure. So I don't know how many of you listeners know uh, where Louisiana is, but I am from Louisiana and specifically from South Louisiana in the United States uh, in a little town called Thibodeau. And so I grew up, I grew up here doing all of our normal cultural stereotypical traditional things hunting and fishing and drinking lots of beer and and other alcoholic beverages and you know I grew up in I grew up playing football in high school so being a big guy was something that I identified with um, American football you know yeah and so and I played on I played on the line so being a big heavy guy was something that that I really you know I really sort of wrapped myself in you know it it was important to me my grandfather was a big guy had a lot of cousins that i looked up looked up to who were big guys a lot of my grandfather's friends were big guys so sort of living in that environment with the heavy consumption of all of the food um hunting and fishing so we cooked every all of these things that we would hunt and catch and kill um we would cook all of those things, but they would be accompanied with other store-bought animal products, you know? So we had these very calorically dense, hyper-palatable meals that was like the real core of all of our social activities, whether it was at the camp or the football games or whatever. And me being a big guy um, – and identifying is that it just sort of led me down the road after football was out of my life and I wasn't burning those extra calories <laughs> <laughs> as a football player um, so post football I really ballooned up from around 320 pounds as, as as my last year in football up to around 420 pounds just a few years after um, after I uh, I stopped playing football. And so, you know, in in the, just like in most heavy people's existence, you go through a lot of ups and downs. It's not, it's not a smooth curve. It's not a smooth curve up, you know, and it's not a smooth curve on the way down. Right. So, so there were lots of ups and downs on the way up. There was lots of me wanting to lose weight and trying to figure out different ways to lose weight, yet still identifying as a football player or as an ex-football player and, Wait, what do I want to do? I still want to be a big guy. So maybe I just want to lose the body fat, but I want to stay bulky and big and be able to bench 400 pounds. Like there was all of this back and forth and giving up and starting over and doing all. I've lost probably 80 to 100 pounds, probably three times in my life. Um, But in 2010, something really magnificent happened. Not only had I gotten married which I thought as a fat guy, was never gonna actually happen to
0: Mm. me. Congratulations.
1: (laughs) That was really powerful. In 2008, my girlfriend married me. And at the same time, I was about halfway through earning my degree as a non-traditional student. Those two things coupled together, really, I was starting to feel different about myself in the early in in the early you know parts of 2010 I was starting to feel accomplished I was starting to feel smart I was starting to feel like I could like I had wherewithal um wrapping up getting close to finishing my degree I had a beautiful woman who decided to spend the rest of her life with me so I must be there must be something good about me you know and and on top of all of that um A real huge spark of inspiration for me, quite honestly, is the New Orleans Saints, which is an NFL football team. Right. The New Orleans Saints won the Super Bowl in 2010. I've been a Saints fan. I've been a Saints fan since I was a kid. And the Saints have been perennial losers my entire life. So anywhere I would go wearing Saints gear or proclaim to be a Saints fan, I would always be the butt of the joke my whole life. And here we are champions of the world. Right. And it, it really blew my mind. I finished the rest of 2010, wrapping up, um, my junior year. And so I knew 2011 is, you know, this is the last year of my degree. I want to finish strong. I had learned that from Drew Brees in the Super Bowl year was, there was a mantra finish strong. Right. So I was like, I want to finish the senior year strong like a boss and and part of it was i was kind of embarrassed to wear a suit to school and do these business presentations that i knew i was going to have to do so early 2011 i started going to the gym to try to lose some weight that's where it all began this last time right and so as i embarked on that journey you know at, at simultaneously Starting off on my senior year at school, so I have all of these these projects to do. Lots lots of other things going on. Plus, I work. I'm operating two businesses at the same time, and so, but something was different about me wanting to lose the weight this time. I wanted to match my outside with my inside. I felt very smart. I felt very confident. I felt very proud of who I'd become, who I'd molded myself to be through reading lots of books and even extracurricular books, which was something new to me. I was reading out in between semesters. I was reading Warren Buffett and Mike Kramer and T. Boone Pickens and all of these business books. So I I was being more pragmatic and willing to do research and find facts. And so that bled over into the weight loss journey this time. So mid 2011 or so, I, I just I picked up a magazine I read about running and I read how running um, can really help to burn fat specifically. So I just started dabbling and that sort of grew. And by 2012, I had run my first 10K in, in the Crescent City Classic in New Orleans. And that would, took me like an hour and 45 minutes or so to finish that thing six miles an hour and 45 minutes that's not exactly blazing speed but i got it done and it was a huge accomplishment for me and by that point i had lost nearly 100 pounds i was down to 340 335 something like that when i ran my first 10k so then another goal comes in with my wife it was my wife's idea let's try and do next year in under an hour so that was the goal so we spent the entire year you know working towards that goal of getting under an hour and and i didn't realize it at the time but you know food has food was eventually going to play a big role in that but in that year i was doing the food so bad so wrong i was thinking that i was i was training so hard I was running so much that I could literally eat anything I wanted. And so that's really how I bef- behaved between 2012 and 2013. Um, still wound up being able to get that, that Crescent City Classic done in under an hour in that 2013 year. However, what the real big thing that happened was I picked up a book called Born to Run in that period right before that race and and read about scott jurek and so that was my real my first introduction to a plant-based diet um and it was just never really dawned on me that i would eventually adopt that diet myself i was reading like oh scott jerk's an awesome runner wow and he does it without eating any meat damn kudos cool good good on him like i never looked at it as like being It it took a while for it to grow on me. Um, And then when I read Rich Roll's book, though, that was a whole different ballgame. His story resonated with me. I identified with a lot of the, I connected a lot of the dots between our stories, failed college athlete, party animal, lots of drinking, all of, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Window diet reminded me a lot of myself. And he turned all of that around. And so that, once that, That really sealed the fate. And not only did he help me really educate me and point me in the right direction and where to learn more about a plant-based diet, but he also helped me a lot with the mindset stuff, believing in yourself, surrendering to what is, and don't spend so much energy on what you wish was, right? Play the hand that's dealt today. Boy, if you can spend your energy on that instead of what you wish you would have got dealt that could be a whole different that could be a game changer for you and so that was a real big one for me and so since since reading Rich Roll being inspired by him and going fully plant based the rest of the weight just flew off of me not only did I lose weight but I got you know i became a lot fitter a lot more aggressive in my running a lot more competitive i I've, I've all of a sudden all of the ceilings that i had previously had disappeared in my mind like the sky's the limit now i want to boston qualify i want to like i want to do all of these crazy running things that i used to think only crazy people did (laughs) and and so that's just in a nutshell what gotten me you know here today long story short which is a little too late for that but long story short i've in the in the process i've lost over 220 pounds um, run multiple multiple marathons ultra marathons i even ran a hundred mile race once i'll be back to the hundred mile distance i haven't i haven't i've only done one
0: that is so far because we're in australia we have kilometers and when i think about yeah. doing a hundred miles which is basically double Pretty kilometers much. it's like 200 kilo like, yeah kind of it's so much that's amazing
1: it's a lot, it's a lot. but it's it's, it's it's not, it's hard to fathom on the outside looking in, right? And so there's like this boiled frog sort of dynamic to ultra running um, where you're just in it and you're just taking next steps, right? Went 10K, then I was like another 10K, then I was like maybe half marathon, then a full marathon, then another full marathon, then another full marathon, then it was like, 50k that's just six more miles and then the next thing you know i do Ah, hey, you know what i'm gonna do 100k by the end of the year i'm just gonna double it that seems doable how
0: long did it take you
1: so from my first so i went uh 2012 was my very first organized race and 2015 october 2015 was my first 100k
0: wow so three years but how long did the 100k take you to run
1: oh the race itself took me 13 hours
0: that is incredible thinking that it took you you know to do 10k it took you an hour and 45 minutes in 2012 and then to right. do a hundred that's incredible
1: well here's the thing yeah so if you do the math on it right so uh, it's a pretty slow pace, yeah, to, to go one, 145 in 10k. Right? I did about that same pace in my 100 mile race in 22 hours and 45 minutes. So that's what that was beautiful to me. That and it made me think, and I tell people all the time that my very first ultra marathon was that 10k because as a big, heavy guy, it's insane how similar. The race unfolded. When I look back on that very first 10K, it's insane how similar from first third to second third to third third of that race, how similar those thirds look to my races today. You know, it's just I have found the edge in every distance, which is fun. That's where growth is. That's where capacity augmentation happens. And without progress, you don't you don't feel a lot of pride. You don't feel a lot of satisfaction, and you don't feel a lot of reason to keep going without progress. It's hard. There's no such thing as maintaining, you know. And um, and so that that has been very powerful. That's been a very powerful driver for me.
0: It's a really interesting point you make because a lot of people do think, oh, you know, get to a maintenance level of health. That was
1: my downfall all of these years. Every time i lose weight, it was always, oh, if I lose 50 pounds, I'll be good. So I lose 50 pounds. And then you try to maintain that 50-pound weight loss. Go ahead and try to do that. It doesn't work that way. So I would lose 50, lose 80, lose 100, lose 80, and celebrate and kick my heels up and go, well, boy, if I could just maintain right here. No, there is no maintain. You'll be there for a little while until you put it all back on. Because unless you make some permanent lifestyle shifts, nothing sticks around.
0: It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. And I think that so many people make that mistake over and over and over again. And so it's listening to your story. And I remember I've read... Not all of your book, because I have a lot of books on the go all at once because I'm a fiend. I have a problem and my bedside table is proof of that. And then with Kindle in your phone, oh my gosh, <laughs> there's, just, there's too many. But I have not been. But one of the things that I thought, and then when I'm thinking about what you're saying now about maintenance and about changing your lifestyle, I was thinking about you talking about how, I'm fairly certain it was in your book, but talking about how... Being a big guy was the norm. Like you said, You know, you're, everyone around you in your area ate the same way. Everyone in your community ate the same way. So you look around you and you're like, well, this is just typical of yeah. being a, what, what a human should look like. And I think for a lot of people in their groups and in their communities, even being, you know, 50 pounds overweight isn't, isn't anything. Like it's not anything. And so to make those changes.
1: Oh, you're not that fat. Oh, you're not that fat. Look at me right? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the dynamic and it's so skewed. It's so everyone's reality and norms are so freaking skewed. Even the people who are moderately overweight are grossly overweight in reality. But when we talk about, our, when we talk about compared to our authentic biology as a as just a natural normal human being even the people who are moderate like oh i'm not that bad no compared to what we should be you are on death's door <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i like say when i was when i first started losing weight i remember like my mom and my friends would say you can't lose anymore like you're you're There'll be nothing oh, of
1: that's you. So frustrating. There'll be
0: nothing of you. You can't live anymore. You're too thin. And I'm, like, I'm. actually at the high end of normal. I'm. I'm a one kilo. One kilo away from being over clinically overweight. And you're telling me stop here. You know, stop here. Yeah, I was
1: had. I had. I had. Because I gotta remember, I'm from a very small town, and the people who have known me my whole life know me as big football player Josh. You know, and and everyone's moms. Knows me as that. And and so like my nickname, if I have a nickname, would be Big Josh. That's my nickname, you know, and I grew up that that I grew up with that. And so I would be in the grocery store and have very good friends of mine's parents, and moms, especially come up to me and go, Josh, don't lose any more weight, baby. You just don't look like yourself anymore. And I'm still have the BMI at this point of an obese person, and this person who's who's telling me this is at least 85 pounds overweight with type two diabetes. <laughs>
0: I know.
1: It's wow. it's like bizarre world. It
0: is. It is. It is bizarre, and we we're so used to it. And so, what I wanted, why I brought that up, is because people who are listening who are. I remember now, I don't know who said it, but I remember hearing, you know, you you are you become the top the five people that you spend the most time with.
1: Sure. You're yeah.
0: And I was thinking about you for those people who are, you know, are spending a lot of time in their communities with people who are overweight, who are saying, Don't lose any more weight, you know, you you've lost ten kilos, don't lose any more, even though they're still clinically obese or they're clinically overweight. What do you tell those people? How do you how do you how do you keep that momentum and that progress mindset when everywhere you turn being obese is the norm? Does that make sense? How do you keep moving forward? Well,
1: You know, it's, 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 it's a practice, first of all, and it's something you have to do on purpose. You're not going to wish it into fruition. You're not going to cognitively understand it. It's something you have to physically do with your body. So do the thing for yourself as a way to speak it out loud to those people that you wish would even if they never do even if they never do so very early on for me once i discovered some of these things that that like some of these facts that showed me how our food and our lifestyle is so closely connected to the chronic diseases that i've seen family member after family member after family member die like you know, fall like dominoes over the years from, then that norm became something completely different than just just an aesthetic appearance. That norm became an enemy to me. That norm became a fire in the house. That norm became a, 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 a car flipped over on top of my mom or my brother or my, my wife, Right? And so now that norm is, is, is something that I want to change. And that norm helps me sort of stand in that space of being an example. And if you can develop that that mindset around these things, then you have a great leg up. The other thing that I would say in that same that's relevant in this same topic is what we're doing right now. We live in a different world today. So we don't have to be geographically close to people to, to raise that average. We could have five, you know.
0: Great podcasts. How is right, podcast. Podcasts, social
1: media, <laughs> yeah. you know, Instagram feeds. Yes. Some really good. YouTube communities right there's some really good communities to connect yourself to um and we talk about it all day just like it takes a community to get you to that big overweight chronically diseased self you're going to need some version of community to undo those things
0: absolutely absolutely and
1: so that is something that has to be done it's not something you wait to happen or wish for Or oh, boy one day it'll be no you have to move the pieces on the chessboard of your life yourself to make it happen.
0: Exactly. And I think that that is something that most people, it's easy to become apathetic with with, with putting yourself out of your comfort zone, especially when you already have low self-esteem. You know, I've been obese and all my life until very, very recently, and and it is a place when you're, you're already low, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're in pain, you're constipated, everything's awful, you know. And so making those steps, and I, I've mentioned it many times, when I first started ex- walk walking because running was just not even in my thing.
1: Yeah, but walking... And people have this negative connotation about walking, like all I could do is walk. Yeah, no shit. Okay. Just do that at the start. And not only do it, don't do it begrudgingly. Love the shit out of it because that feeling is gonna pull you away from this place you don't wanna be. Yes.
0: Yeah, but I used to do it in the dark, you know, after everyone went yeah. to bed thinking, no I want anyone to see me in the dark in huge maybe me too? walking down. This area where I live, it was full of fancy would, fat people. And my
1: would clap around. It would, it would slap. My tits would slap around, and my, and it was so, I was so embarrassed. Oh, you know?
0: yeah, I was mortified, mortified. But then you just, once you start doing it, even if it's in the dark, in the middle of the night, you know, you just keep. And then I started running, and then started going, okay, I'll do it in the day, <laughs> you know. And then you just keep going, but it. If you have to do it in the dark, start in the dark.
1: And that's what, right. And so, and that's what that first race was really a big deal for me because it was one of the first times that I had actually run where people, I I let people see me, you know, it was, it wasn't just about the mileage. It wasn't just about, it was like, it was like a coming out party, if you will, saying, Hey, this is me. I'm. I know I'm fat. I'm trying to do something about it. That's a vulnerable place to be.
0: That is hugely, it's hugely vulnerable. And I wanted to say, because it, it is, people who are, might be listening, I know a lot of people who are listening are already massive converts to a whole food plant-based diet. So I'm preaching, <laughs> yeah. preaching to the choir.
1: <laughs> we a lot of echo chambers. It's, <laughs> a, yeah.
0: it's a big echo chamber. Uh, but I, I know that there are some people who have written to me who aren't who aren't already there they're on their sure. way on their journey and thinking about what you're saying for people who are because you know a lot of people who listen are overweight as well as living with a chronic disease or whatever mm-hmm. how do you what do you tell yourself on those days where you're where you went not now but then in the early days when you were like I can't be bothered today it's too hard I feel too tired I it's Christmas. Everyone's eating this way. You know, I'm just going to go. Back. Yeah,
1: quite frankly, I failed often. Mm. I failed often, but I won more than I failed. So here's the trick. When you got a lot of weight to lose, when you're in the very early stages, it's a very forgiving process because the weight wants to come off. You want your body does not want all of that on you. So, what we can what we wind up doing, I find, is we wind up doing this thing like that a buddy of mine calls majoring in the minors. You know, we look at all of these little hang ups instead of understanding and stepping away and looking at our life big picture and say, am I winning more than I'm losing? But no, what we like to do is go see this thing. I lose right here. It's a re-, and we take it as a reason to just not keep going. So I looked at it more like a football schedule in my mind. I want more W's than L's. Right. And so you're going to take some L's along the way, baby. It's going to happen. How? Stay strong. Don't let's not have two bad days in a row. Right. Even if it's just getting up, going to the gym. Get a sip of water, look at yourself in the mirror and go, you know what? I'm just not feeling today, but at least I made it to the gym and you turn around and walk out. I bet that hardly ever happens, but tell yourself that's all you're going to do this morning is just go to the gym and look at yourself in the mirror and you leave and that you give yourself that out, give yourself that permission to do something lame and easy for the sake of technically not skipping a day, right? Like these things you have to mind hack yourself in real time as you go. You have to want it bad enough that it's going to be a no matter what scenario.
0: Yes. you. I'm sorry, Andrew, I'm mentioning you again. I don't even think you listen, but I always end up mentioning Andrew Taylor for some reason in this podcast. Ah, that's my
1: dog. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I was just thinking he, he said, you know, if you want that, just crappy food that you want to eat. Let's say a cheeseburger and you want to just tell yourself you can absolutely have it, but you have to wait until tomorrow to eat it. You know,
1: that's a beautiful, beautiful piece of advice.
0: And you never want it tomorrow, but you never say you can't have it. You'll have it tomorrow. And most of the time you just don't want it. And if you do want it, okay. And that works.
1: Yeah. That works. And I submit that it would work just as well. If you said if you made made a ten minute timeout, exactly, or a thirty minute, so I'm going to have this, but I'm going to sit here on purpose and I'm going to wait five minutes before I eat it because there's something powerful just to not give in to that <laughs> mode. You know, you know the mode. I know it. I know like it so well. Pig at a trough. <laughs> yeah, you're making sounds. You're like, I remember when I was fat in eating like McDonald's. And if I would be, say, I, my thing was chicken nuggets, right? I would go to McDonald's and get, get. back then, they had 20-piece chicken nuggets. I would get two 20-piece chicken nuggets and a whole bunch of sweet and sour sauce, and I'm just pounding these things. And about halfway through, you realize, I'm listening to all of the moist mushy sounds and the breathing through the mouth of food like I'm it this is it was embarrassing right yeah 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 and we get caught up in that. so just to be able to go time out I'm gonna let myself have that but I'm gonna give me a five minute buffer of consciousness right here give myself five minutes to think about it I'm already giving myself permission to screw up and do it if I want, but let's just pause. And, Marl, you'd be surprised what a beautiful habit that is to develop and get started and plant the seed for, you know?
0: Yeah. I I, I I, like, as I said, I loved what you just said about the exercise, but I think, you know, with food, they're, they're both great, like you say, hacks. Mm hmm. Like it's hacking your you know, it's, it's a hack that keeps you it keeps you going because it feels like it feels like you're cheating.
1: <laughs> you know, it feels like you're. Well, life is a hack. That's all we live every day. To, we are just death hacking death every single day in one way or the other. So we have to be innovative on the fly in real time every day, every moment, every decision. And that's not daunting. That is. Hilariously awesome and fun. And it, it's a life of curiosity. It's a life of life of being inquisitive and creative that that's exhilarating. That sounds like something I want to sign up to until the day I die. sign up for until the day I die. You know, um, so it's about that perpetual constant innovation. Right. And that's where that and and if I have a no matter what mentality about this thing, it doesn't matter that I'm at a party and all I have is fried food and donuts and there's not a grocery store for 30 miles around like it doesn't matter because guess what? Maybe it means that I have to fast for the next 12 hours while staring at donuts and fried chicken. Wow, that's going to be a hell of a workout and that'll be something that I'll be able to put away in my bank of what I know is possible in my sort of repertoire of difficult scenarios, being able to handle these things. It's just like a workout. It's just like doing a race. And so my point on the, on all of the running stuff in a physical discomfort way. So if we sign up for, if we volunteer for this physical discomfort on a regular basis, I'm not talking about hurting yourself. I'm about I'm talking about being physically exhausted regularly and pushing through that often. Then when we become exhausted decision-wise with food I really feel like we tap into that physical part of our bodies that 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 can endure those physical physically tough sensations, right? Now, our food choices and our strength, our resiliency in food choices has been augmented by our physicality. That's what I've experienced in my life. I want people to understand that it's very important to not just eat well, but to move like a human being. I'm not talking about being an ultra marathoner, but I'm talking about moving with purpose, on purpose, and with consistency, you know? Not for exercise, but because it's how humans exist. <laughs> and without plugging in that very needed piece, we're going to be playing with some version of an inauthentic manifestation of what a human should be. That's that's how I live.
0: I think that is such – I'm really glad to hear you say that because I think it is – I think exercise for a lot of people is this – well, it's hard. Some some people think that diet is this side thing, like you said. Just if I smash exercise, I eat whatever I want. So there's kind of two there's kind of two camps: smash exercise, eat whatever you want, or f- eat Atkins and don't exercise at all and just starve yourself. It there's kind of seems to be two two groups of of thinking when it comes to weight loss and and fitness and health.
1: And you know what sells me. You know, what, you know what helps me think about all of those things, though, is my relationship with animals in the woods as a hunter, right? So animals in the woods, they're not calculating. They're not wondering if my exercise is important. I just don't feel like running from the bear today. I don't feel like chasing the squirrel today. I don't feel like that's not a thing. Animals don't exist that way. And animals don't wonder what they should eat, right? They spend their energy in their very biological niche way, their their very specific mode of movement, to get their very specific type of food. That, that, That really clears up a lot of bullshit for me. So to me, I'm a human being. I'm a long, lean mover and shaker who eats a lot of vegetation in my in my case exclusively plant matter that's that's me equating myself to the squirrels i would see in the woods the wolf i would see on the plains right so that's me just trying to be a human animal
0: so for people you were saying that you have two businesses a lot of people it's their life as that 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 gets that, that they think gets in the way of their healthy eating and their exercise and moving like the animal. Because if they didn't have their job, their kids, their social settings, all those things, Josh, mm-hmm. they all those things are so time consuming. How can I can't I can't meal prep? You know, I can't. There's nothing in the house, yeah, and meal, I'm out. And
1: oh, meal prep, such a waste. Meal prep to me is. is... Like, I understand if you're going to go sit in an office from 9 to 5. Yes, this these, these, yes. these
0: is who I'm talking about, those right? people.
1: But most most people have the freedom to go to lunch. A lot of people will leave and go to lunch and then they go, well, I didn't meal prep, so now I'm going to eat fast food. Yes,
0: yes. Those people, Josh, what can they do? Tell us.
1: Go to a grocery store instead. If you're leaving to go to fast food, How much longer is it going to take you to go grab a bag of apples at a grocery store or or a can of beans and go back to the office and open it up and pop it in the microwave or get canned beans and leave in your break room at the office? This is my point. This is what I'm talking about. It's a Rubik's Cube. Figure it out. (laughs) It's not up to me to get all of the answers for your life. It's up to you. Yes. I'm here. I can share innovations that I came up with. And you go, you know what? I never thought, but maybe I can do blah, 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 too, you know. But that's been a big one is just pick a different pantry to get food from. Like you don't have meal prep today. Meal meal prep is great if that's something you're going to do. But what I find it does is it fragilizes people to the real world. So when they don't meal prep, every dollar shit hits the fan. And now we can't do anything right because, damn it, I didn't meal prep. And then you put on 50 pounds and you talk to your coach that you hired and you say, what's my problem? You know, my problem is I'm just not I just don't meal prep if i meal. No, that's not your problem. Your problem is you pick the wrong things as food. That's the problem. So if I can guarantee you, if I'm in a place tomorrow where I can't, I can't, uh, I'm not, I don't have a meal. But if I have the wherewithal and the capability to go eat fast food, then I also have the capability to go to a grocery store or to some other sort of market or to a Wendy's because Wendy's, I don't know if y'all have Wendy's, but Wendy's here in the United States, they have baked potatoes. That's simple. There's Wendy's all over the place. Like there's innovations that you can, there's ways to eat, not very, not very calorically dilute, but still plant-based technically at Taco Bell. Right. So, and you're not going to make a lifestyle of that, but maybe that has to work in a pinch. Let's not major in the minors. Let's not take those instances, right, and say, "Oh, I ate a Taco Bell, therefore I can't live this lifestyle." No, that's silliness. That's silly. Or I can't meal prep, therefore I can't. Or or I'm just not good at meal prepping. Therefore, no it's just another excuse to get out of out to give yourself permission to move away from something that's not as easy as your norm
0: yes so what about for people who are like when you not not people just to, just tell your story about how you went in those first years when you were having some were failing a bit but winning more than losing how did you go then when you weren't as strong mentally and you has not had as much success as you have now when yeah. you were in situation, like, like Christmas Day. It was, just, it was just, if you're listening to this in real time, it was probably about a couple of weeks ago. But, or, but you know, what did you, what did you do on those days when you were at the early stages and you'd, you'd had a fair few falling downs, yeah. but you were just wanting to start out?
1: Honestly, in those very, in those very, early stages of the weight loss journey christmas and thanksgiving would be a complete free-for-all i would completely go off the deep end i was doing that almost every weekend it was boys and beer and fried food and that worked i could go from 420 pounds to about 350 pounds right? But that change isn't going to take me from 350 pounds down to 250 pounds. That change was only good for that little gap, right?
0: And I think that that's something nobody knows about.
1: So what happens is people do enough to lose that initial 30 or 40, 50 pounds, and then they call themselves at a plateau. No, you stopped changing, You stopped changing things. You found a thing that helped you lose 50 pounds and you think it should help you lose 200. No, you've just made that much change. And for me, if I could go at 420 pounds, I had a certain amount of calories that I was burning up just being alive. And then you go to 350 pounds. Now I'm not burning those calories. I'm burning the calories of a 350 pound man. So if we hold the food constant, I'm going to start gaining weight or at least stop losing weight, right? And so that's what people don't understand is this is a growth process. This is not a weight loss process. It's about growing proper habits. It's not as much about losing weight.
0: Yes, And I think that that is, it's huge. It's a huge concept for people to think that it is, this isn't, Yeah, my mom, everyone that you know, everyone I know that you know, has lost, you know, like you say, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, and then regained more and more and more over and over again. Because we're not making a habit. We're not changing our habits at all. We're just basically starving ourselves for the period of time it takes to lose that weight. Some arbitrary number, right. Yeah. And then celebrating and going, woohoo within let's get married and then oh now we're just gonna get go back to our old let's
1: go life cruise. let's go to the wedding let's yeah whatever the thing is yeah yeah without out- okay good we can be fat again
0: yeah it's so true it's, crazy. it's so true oh
1: bring me my milkshake and my chicken nuggets again yes i missed you <laughs> I've done it over and over and over. And it feels so wonderful to be off of the carousel. Mm, yes. <laughs> it feels so wonderful. Yeah.
0: How did your family respond? Your immediate family? They like.
1: thought I was, yeah, they thought I was crazy at first, especially, you know, going plant-based. Yeah. Giving my family and what we did for fun. Yeah. So what, How we entertained, right?
0: How was and, that? Uh,
1: it was, it was, it was, it was, um, It was scary a little bit, but I'm, I'm the oldest sibling. Um, and so it was okay. I've always kind of done things like I was always the first to try. Like I was the first to play football. I was always throughout our lives. I was always trying to lose weight. Um, and so it was kind of like a normal thing for me to be sticking my face out into something new. And so it was just a little bit of like apprehension at first, like really you doing that. Okay. But at first it was just for 30 days. So it wasn't very, it wasn't very threatening. Right. And then, um, but after the 30 days, the, the progress that I made on top, you got to remember, I had already lost a hundred pounds. So, you know, I, I was already on this journey and I had already lost a lot of weight. So I was already looking different. But just in that 30 days or so after going plant-based, my goodness, I experienced weight loss that I had never, like i had never experienced before. And that was eye-opening to my brother and my mom and everyone else. And after a few months, the results, I mean, just kept coming and kept coming. I started to look like a different person. And then... You know, slowly but surely, my mom steps in and then she starts feeding my grandfather this way. My brother stepped in. He starts eating this way. And, um, you know, lo and behold, my immediate family, eventually mom, brother, sister, in-laws, my brother-in-law, my wife, my mother-in-law. Like as a family, we've lost in the neighborhood of a thousand pounds.
0: Wow. And we're all
1: plant-based. Our Christmases.
0: Um, a yeah. thousand yeah, pounds for your whole, for your whole family, the
1: family. Yes.
0: That's incredible. The family,
1: like as a whole, we've lost a thousand pounds. And now, you know, our, our, uh, our Thanksgiving's and Christmases and birthday parties and any family gathering that we have, um, we have a, a three-year-old, I got a three-year-old little, uh, nephew. He's been plant-based since his inception.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You know, except
1: for except for his except for his unweaned phase as a mammal. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Right. I don't and count so, that.
0: I still count that as yeah, plant-based. right.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Like, and in, in, so it's just really cool. And not only has my family lost lost weight from it, but they too have sort of taken a mantle. My mom's worked. My mom and my brother. Um, have put together a cookbook. They're working on a cookbook to answer a bunch of, like, well, how do you make gumbo? How do you make jambalaya? You know, how do you do Thanksgiving without meat? How do you? And so my mom's put, put together a whole bunch of recipes, and so not only have they lost weight with it, it's not something they're begrudgingly doing to keep weight off. Every one of us, to the man, is really in love with what plants have done for our lives individually and are all sort of like, um, you know, proselytizing out in the world or, you know, about, about plant-based living and about how to sidestep chronic disease and what the data it really is. Did you know that milk really doesn't do a body good? <laughs> you know? And so we're all, my mom start, has started a pod so that meets once a month. And so we've really sort of like not only continued to eat this way for weight loss, but we've really taken it on as a lifestyle and as, as um, you know, we really consider ourselves sort of carriers of a message for people we love dearly people we love dearly who we know are being misinformed regularly.
0: I think that that is so wonderful and it makes me yourself and, oh my gosh, my brain has, Gabriel Miller, he was on the show and, you know, he's whole family, a whole food plant-based now and he's, you know, just joyfully spreading the message with anyone that he can and, and it is so contagious and for myself, I love hearing about that because my family aren't yet on their on their way <laughs> but my brother went vegan and vegan and whole food plant-based are, are, are very different even though I am vegan as well as whole food plant-based
1: isn't it's, that a tough one
0: Is it's it, so tough because, oh, it's shit. so ah. tough so my brother he's Christmas he still wants to bring all this vegan oil pastry chips donuts i'm just like you're killing all of us with this fake meats loaves i'm just like baby it's like you're trying to figure
1: out how to get chronically diseased but be vegan
0: yes that's what i said I right to him I, said, I don't want to feel like i'm not grateful for what you did for christmas but dad's got cancer It's a lot of bad, bad, bad vegan food, which is just bad food. Like, vegan food, meat food, bad food's bad food.
1: What's wrong? It's vegan. I'm like, yeah, you're not paying attention, really, to what I eat, man. Like, that's not really. I make it. I try to be so clear. I know.
0: I oh, know. So he hasn't listened to my podcast. He said I don't listen to it because it's your work. And I, I was thinking. So I gave him the starch solution <laughs> for Christmas, and I said, "Can you just read it so you can be on the same page as me?" <laughs>
1: yeah. Be careful, buddy. Like it's great to go vegan as a transition. Yeah. And but don't stop there. Just like with the 420 pound person getting down to 350 pounds and thinking that that change in diet is going to get them to 200 pounds. Switching from sad diet, sad to vegan isn't going to get you where the whole food plant-based people are, right? Like that's, it's a transition. It's great to understand that animal products are bad for you. But it's just as important to understand that oil and processed food and sugar and all that other bullshit is bad for you too and we need to move past that and 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 really let's focus on food that looks like what it is that looks like potatoes that looks like cauliflower that looks like broccoli and beans and grains rice and millet and you know let's go with that for most of what we eat. And when it comes to Thanksgiving or something, then yeah, maybe there's an anomalous occurrence with a meal here or there. Um, but generally speaking, Oreos ain't going to cut it, player. You got to <laughs> do better than that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it's good to make that distinction about what is vegan, what is whole food plant-based. And you can be whole food plant-based without being vegan, and you can be vegan without being whole food plant-based. I just happen to be both.
1: (laughs) Yes, me too. That's beautiful. That's exactly what I say all the time.
0: So Josh, I don't want to keep you for too long because I know that you've got nighttime over there and it's middle of the day here. But I just wanted to have two more things for you is... Of course. Talk about your book and the work that you're doing is the next question and where people can follow you and find you on social media because your yeah. enthusiasm is infectious. And so if you want to have a, another member of your community to follow, Josh is a great person to follow because he's the living, breathing message that you're after of what <laughs> you want to be like. So definitely worth adding him into your community.
1: That That's, that's lovely. Yeah. Um that you said that that feels really good i'm i'm flattered uh and it's funny because that's exactly what how i got to where i am with the book and the partners that i have currently is um you know who dr uh, garth davis is
0: yeah i do but people who are listening may not <laughs>
1: so he's a bariatric surgeon check him he was out in yeah he was in houston texas He's wonderful. Google him. If you don't know who Garth Davis is and you're plant-based, you're slipping. You, know, you should know who Garth Davis it's, is, right? So It's true. So I was at Health Fest in, in 2016 in Marshall, Texas. Yeah, I was at Health Fest in 2016. Garth Davis was there. And we were in a line to get coffee. And we just started having a conversation, just like me and you are having right now. And Garth, before we got our coffee, he stops and he looks at me. He's like, You should write a book. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Okay. He's like, I'm going to put you in touch with some people. And so, next thing you know, Howard Jacobson is reaching out to me because he had co authored Proteinaholic with Garth Davis. So, Howard Jacobson reaches out to me on Facebook and befriends me, and we start messaging back and forth. And we start talking and I, and I was like, you know, I have a whole bunch written already, you know, and he started giving me like homework assignments for each chapter. Like, here's a chapter should be about such and such. And so I would just write everything I could think of about that. Just vomit it out. And he would like, this is great. And then he would do some editing and he would send it back and say, what do you think about that? I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. And so we went through this entire process of building this manuscript together as, you know, just friends. And in that in that process, Howard was like, man, you've come to some really, really valuable conclusions in your journey. And he's like, some of these things sort of fly in the face of everything that I have believed and have coached people on for years. And so he's like, I really feel like there's an entirely different coaching protocol to be had from what you've learned. And so he and I started, and this is all Howard's doing, Like, right? right? I, I, don't, I don't have the wherewithal to do it, but Howard started putting, to, he put together a slideshow, a present, a, a, like a basic curriculum that we could teach people that he learned from helping me explain and articulate what i had been through and that's where the very first thing that's where um our big change program came from it was that was the initial thing we called it the big change program a friend of mine um jason cohen is doing a documentary called big change the film and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be in that and so we did a lot of filming and it was close to around that time when we kind of kicked all of this off and i was like and I really love the phrasing big change because that's all it is. It, it, you know, it's just about making, you know, a big change. And the irony is it really comes from a constellation or a cascade or however you want to phrase it of microscopic changes, tiny little things that we do permanently differently. And that creates this big change. And so so we've developed we've moved on from using that nomenclature since we've 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 taken on other partners and we've become wellstarthealth.com now
0: Wellstarthealth.com, got it?
1: Right. Wellstarthealth.com, we in this coaching thing, um, one of Howard's guests was uh, a person named Olivia who had this who had this uh, digital startup in Silicon Valley called Wellstart Health. And they had all of the technological components to a wonderful online platform with no real sort of soul yet of like a curriculum and actual coaches to actually take in cohorts and help guide them through a process. Didn't really have that yet. So we spent a couple of years sort of going back and forth and negotiating and getting to know each other. And eventually we merged our coaching with Wellstart. Meanwhile, the book has been on the sidelines this entire time, right? And so we just kind of went all in into building our coaching and building Wellstart and helping, which is a crazy process for me, helping iterate, right? This thing, I don't know the jargon of these technological terms like, I know the app doesn't work the way Instagram does. Here's how I would like the messaging to go. Here's how it goes now. Here's like So being a part of actually growing and iterating this thing into something useful has been so cool. On top of being able to actually touch individual lives and watch people reverse type 2 diabetes. Watch people lose hundreds of pounds. Watch people get rid of inflammation in their body and run their first half marathon, their first full marathon, their first 5K, their first jog around. I had one person in our newest cohort the other night say, you know what, Josh, I was on my walk this week and you know what I did? I would have never thought in 100 years I would have even wanted to try it. He said, but you know why? I got bored we're walking a little bit and I decided to try to run to the stop sign at the end of the corner of the block. And he said, I did it. He said, it felt amazing. Right. And so to watch those cracks happen in people, right. Cause that crack is, is just making room for that, that sprout to come out. That, that seed is germinating. It is so rewarding. Um, and that's, that's where we are right now. That's where we live right now is on WellStartHealth.com. We're actually about to start a new cohort for January, um, uh, which is we, we're we filling that cohort uh, right now, as a matter of fact. and And that's like where... A lot of my attention is these days is not only on those cohorts of people who are looking for big change. They're looking for implementable like things to do in their lives, ways to couch things in their minds. You know, need, a, need someone who's been there to bounce ideas and questions off of. That's very important. And, and not only that, but actually growing well start itself is important to me, like helping them with the technology and how does it work and how will it work for other coaches going forward? Because the only way for this to change the world is for us to not only have a bunch of cohorts of people that we've helped change, but also have an army of coaches sort of walking in lockstep with the same ethos and the same goals and the same information, right? And so, uh, all of those things put together are are where a big portion of my my uh, bandwidth is today. And the book is just this. This book has just been, um, you know, something that has kind of came out as secondary. To our WellStart thing, It's like, wow, you know what we could do? Since we have WellStart going, things are things are growing. It's really interesting. I'm really pumped about the attention we're getting from some really cool segments of the market. And so, we're like, let's let's take our basically our coaching protocol, mix it with both of our stories and sort of how we came together, and throw it in a book and just give it away. And so that's what that's what we did with our book, Sick to Fit, is it's it's just free on as a Kindle download. So I mean, and I think it's useful. I think there's a lot of useful information in it.
0: I think there is. It's great. So Sick to Fit, everyone, go to Kindle, download it. It's yeah, such so, a good read.
1: So check it out. Right, check out check out WellStartHealth.org. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, website which acts like an app. The app will be live soon. Um and check out Sick to Fit. That we have started a we've started a Facebook page, Sick to Fit on Facebook. It's a closed group. Um but go ahead and, and contact us there as well. And of course follow me on social media. Uh I would love to have you if you're not already uh come and follow me on Instagram. That is my jam. I love it. I'm probably shared too much on Instagram, but it's kind of funny. It's like It's like a second little family for me. And uh, it's been just as much as plants and running have been a big part of my overall weight loss journey and my ability to permanently change my lifestyle. Social media has been just as big a component by being able to provide that other thing that we were talking about earlier, community. I know I have people that, and I know these people in real life now. A lot of these people, the Tim Kaufmans of the world, the Anthony Massiello's of the world, you know Denise Norris and 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 um, and uh, Besson and all of these people that are going to be in Big Change the film, Jason Cohen's thing. Now I I know all of these wonderful human beings. Rich Roll is my friend, and we text personal personally all the time. I know Howard Jacobson. He's One of my very best friends in the world, like all of these people, Garth Davis, all of these people that used to just be connections on the internet are now part and parcel to like the fulfillment of my life. I know them. They are 3D to me now. They are my people now. And so just as much as, you know, the food and the movement component has played a role Social media has been a big part of my life. Um, And so there's a special connection with Instagram for that very reason. Is because I feel very connected to strangers because strangers have really helped me through this process in a way that not to put anybody down where I'm from, but in a way that the people who are closest to me weren't able to yes.
0: support me. Yes, and I, 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 I have the same, and I think that lots of people in this movement, in this way of life, it isn't, like, we love our family still, and we love our friends still, and our, and our sure. community still, but yeah, it's to, to move forward, you need to find those people who are also doing, or, or are ahead of you in their, in their areas yes.
1: where you need to grow. You need people ahead of you, And you need people behind you because it helps a hell of a lot to know that people are looking up to you. It helps to know that people are like, wow, look at him. Like you are busy looking at the person you wish you were like, and you often forget about the people who wish they were like you. And so to be able to have that dynamic of not only people that you want to chase and you want to aspire to be like, but to also know that you're setting an example for people that are just getting started behind you and you have a fiduciary obligation to them to be on message, to be on point, to be a wonderful example. What a great reason to eat the right thing.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Josh, thank you. What are your three biggest tips? I think you've already said them just now, but say them again. <laughs> biggest tips for anyone who is wanting to start and doesn't know where to begin.
1: Right. So the biggest, I would say, I can really boil them down to one. Okay. Good. But I'm gonna, I'm, I'm still gonna, I'm, I'll give you three.
0: Get that money. But the, worth. Biggest,
1: <laughs> the biggest thing, in my humble opinion, is do something. Do something. If you think that if you think that that um, that both of us are full of shit and we don't know what we're talking about, pick the thing you think is correct and do it. Do it. Do it, and do it in a way that you can judge the results you get from it. Right. Do it in a way that you know the results you got from it are really what this is going to manifest. And are these results what I want? Are these results, do they really jive with what I say I want out of my life? So do the thing and get a result so you can base your future actions off of primary research on yourself as your own guinea pig. So do. Dude, but the other thing, got it, yeah, so the three things we like to talk about is menu, mindset, and movement, right? Those are the three legs of the stool. Of course, you can get some traction with any one of those three. But when we talk about permanent, sustainable lifestyle change, we need all three of those. We need the right menu. We need the movement and we're not talking not talking about becoming an ultramarathoner but i am talking about human specific movement which is bipedalism so that really removes a lot of obstacles we don't need to sign up for a gym we don't need to do anything but get our ass up and go walk around the block or go run a mile or whatever our current capacity is do that and massage the edges of it try to constantly augment that capacity we want to get comfortable we want to get uncomfortable from time to time and try to grow our current capacity right not just wallow in it and maintain it and go okay so we want we know what the right menu is we want the movement and we need the right mindset which is just how we think about these things right
0: so where should people start with mindset because i think when people say mindset and people who are listening might be like well great Right.
1: <laughs> but right. Right. That's beautiful. That's where do I question. start? Where I would start with where start with exactly where you are. Take an accounting of where you are today and be brutally honest and don't lie to yourself and accept that reality. Not only accept that reality, but embrace it because your current self is going to be how you get to your future self. We can't start where we wish we were. We have to start exactly where we are. And we have to take on this mindset as a growth mindset. We want to grow things. We're not trying to, we're not trying to construct things. We're not trying to make them happen really quickly with some very specific inputs and out calculatable outputs. No, it's more like trying to grow a tree. We're letting nature do her thing. We're just providing some water. We're providing some, we're providing the basic elements. And so if we want big change in our lives, then we grow that like a tree. We provide these very basic things and let Mother Nature take care of the rest. Let her do the rest. Let us just water the tree every day with our menu, our mindset, and our movement.
0: Yes, I love that, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You've given so much. I think that I like to think about my favorite quotes because I like quotes and words and language. And I've always find I often find okay, people who come on the show have really great phrases and things that I take away. And I'm like, that's just so great. And I really, really loved Two Well, I loved all of it, what you said, but two things that stood out for me, which I think hopefully stand out for other people, would be when you're saying the norm became the enemy to you. Yeah. Making the norm the enemy. And I think that that's a really great way of thinking about how you have lived your whole that I'm life.
1: Protecting that I want to take on the mantle of protecting my family from, right? I'm a first responder in a way.
0: Yes, yes. I'll tell my family that when I'm talking to them about next year's Christmas lunch and how we're not going to have a vegan Christmas, we're going to have whole food plant-based cuz I've we've, we've had whole food plant-based before, but this year my brother was just doing a very quick job and it was vegan but not healthy and I was just like, "Oh, I mean, I made my food, so it was fine." But I mean, watching my dad eat fake meat roast, I was just like, "Oh, babe. <laughs> you shouldn't be you shouldn't be eating that." Uh, and the other thing I really love was when you said that, talking about the little tiny pieces of change. And I think that everyone listening has had those moments where you've cracked a little bit. You've had like a little bit of change, and rather than thinking as a, as only a tiny piece of change, like you know you've eaten whole food plant based for a month, it seems like not much, and now you're having a party on the weekend. Rather than thinking about how small the change you've made is and so you may as well just go back to the way you were seeing that crack is just making room for the seed to come out i love when you said that like it it isn't just a crack it's making space for a, a whole monumental oak tree of change yes. to to come from you and that is just so beautiful and important to acknowledge and to celebrate the cracks in us on our journey
1: yes And the thing is, like, we want to, we want to think about everything at once, I find. We want to think about everything at once that we have to change. Everything. I need to set my alarm for the gym. I got to get the gym clothes. I got to, I got to do meal prep. I got to, and the biggest thing to remember is, what is your next, your very next food decision? When you, when you in this podcast and and you go to eat something the very that is your opportunity to do it differently it's really that simple the more complicated we make it the more we prolong our success the simpler you get like there's a certain dignity in simplicity right I got that from Doctor Esselstyn, in a talk. I heard him say once. I heard him. I heard him speaking it in North Carolina once, and he said that there's a because people are asking all these complicated questions about the food and all, of, and he's like, eat a freaking potato. He didn't say that. He didn't say it like.
0: I that, know. I know he, he said, wouldn't
1: have said it. <laughs> he said. He said. You know. Eat. You know. Eat, eat. There's a certain dignity in simplicity, and so rather than thinking of this multifaceted plan that I'm gonna execute. Think about your next food decision. And is it trash or is it good? And can it be better? And how can it be better? Should you go to a different place or it, can it be changed in that place? Is it the restaurant you go to? Can you just get something different on the menu or do you need to change venues altogether? Like, start there that's what we have to do that's and that's that's the secret i think is it's always are you going to win or lose your next decision and stack up those w's
0: i love it thank you thank you thank you thank you stack up those w's everyone that's a great way to end this show thank you so much everyone go out and download sick to fit and definitely join the sick to fit f- closed facebook group yes and and check out the healthy start
1: oh no well start well, well start, start
0: health. health sorry i got it confused .com wellstarthealth.com thank you so much wellstarthealth.com sick to fit the book and the facebook group and follow josh lejani on instagram for all of his amazing posts <laughs> inspiring posts thank you, so posts. Much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much Josh for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to read Sick to Fit over on Kindle. It's free. It's great. It's well worth it for free. It's even better than well worth it. It's amazing. Um, join the Sick to Fit Facebook group and check out wellstarthealth.com to be inspired to help get get your to get yourself some support on your own health journey and just to to transform your life. Thank you so much again, Josh. And make sure to subscribe and share and tag your family and friends on social media. All of your support really, really helps this podcast to reach more people. As I say every week, I'm just very committed to getting these messages of hope and transformation out there to everyone. So thank you all. See you all next episode. Bye.